turn your Bibles today, 1 Kings, if you would, chapter 17. And uh, we're going to get started with our, our new series today entitled Hope. And uh, I believe um, that in today's society, if there's one thing that people are looking for, um, if there's one thing that people need more than anything right now, it is hope. It is hope. You know, obviously the end result is, well, what they really need is Jesus. Yes, absolutely, they need Jesus in their life. But the reality is, is if you're not a Christ follower, you're not a Christian, you weren't raised in the church, you've never been to church before, you don't even know who Jesus is, okay? And so what people are looking for, they're looking for hope. And we know this, that eventually hope won't disappoint because the love of God is being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That hope should be enough to get them to Jesus. But we have to be those ones. If we're Christians today, if we're Christ followers, we have to be the ones that carry that hope to the people that need it. Now, the reality is this is there's some of you sitting here this morning, you're in need of hope. And that's okay because you came to the right spot as we start our series today. You're in 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm going to read to you Romans 5, 1 through 5. And it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame or does not disappoint, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 1 Kings chapter 17 I'm going to read you just a portion of Scripture here, and then we'll get started with what I believe God wants to share with us today. Before I read that, though, let me just give you the definition of hope. The definition of hope is this. It's the feeling that what is wanted can be had, or that events will turn out for the best. Hope, it's, it's the feeling that what is wanted can be had, or that events will turn out for the best. I don't know about you, but um, hope is such a great thing because, I mean, if there's something that you want, but then there's this feeling that that's what I want, but I'm never going to have it. Y'all ever been there before? This is what I really want, but, well, I'm never, I'm never going to have it. Hope now comes in, though, and, and it gives us this feeling that, hey, that's what I want, but not only is that what I want, I know there's this deep-rooted thing inside of me that says, not only do I want it, but I am going to have it. I am going to obtain it. First Kings 17, starting to verse 8. And the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called out to her and said, Hey, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord... Your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, and that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but first make a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent. And the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Hope, the feeling that what is wanted can be had 
or that events will turn out for the best. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is, is alive, it's living, it's active. And God, I pray that today, that that word that is alive and living and active will come alive in our hearts today. And God, I pray for those that would be here this morning that would need this message of hope. And over the next four to six weeks as we talk about it, God, that you would encourage them. That, God, you would inspire them. God, to believe that they can obtain more and have more because hope does not disappoint when it connects with your love. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. As I was preparing for this message uh, on hope or the series on hope, uh, I was reminded of my daughter at the age of two. Uh, Cara. I, I have two daughters, Faith and Cara. Faith is almost six. Cara just turned eight. And uh, when Cara was two, we put her in swimming lessons because we had a pool in our backyard. And we thought, you know what? Swimming lessons are a lot cheaper than getting a security fence. Come on. Uh, it's a lot cheaper than putting the alarm system on the back gates and on the back doors. And so we went the cheap route and we said, look, she's going to need to learn to swim anyway. Let's pay for the swimming lessons. So we went and we researched and we found swimming lessons. And uh, we, we found an instructor at a pool and, and we took her to these swimming lessons. And uh, one day, uh, Katie took her most of the time, but one day, you know, I thought, you know, I, I need to go check it out and see the progress that my daughter is making. Come on, I'm sp- not spending my money just to spend it. I want to know that she's making progress even though she's two, all right? And so I go, and, and I'm at the pool, and uh, I'm checking it out, and uh, she's an individual, so she didn't have a whole class. It was just her and the teacher. And uh, what the teacher would do is she would line her up by the ropes that are in the pool and uh, give her something to reach for. And uh, she would hold her, and, uh, and uh, she would hold her legs still, and she would say, okay, I want you to reach for the rope, and, and then pull back, and reach for the rope, and then pull back. And I want you to reach, and then, and then pull. And uh, my daughter, if you've known her now for any length of time, you know that she can't do anything without singing, okay? Cara, to, to her, life is a musical. I mean, if you could say something to her, and, and she'll just sing it a response back to you. It's pretty fantastic. And and, uh, and so, man, she just puts a song to everything, even at the age of two. So she's in the pool, and the instructor's, like, telling her, reach, pull, reach, pull. Well, at two years old, my daughter gets this song in her head, and so I'm sitting, and I'm quite a ways away from her, and I'm sitting on the benches watching, and there's quite a few other people taking swimming lessons with their instructors, and, and uh, all of a sudden, I hear my daughter going, reach and pull, reach and pull, reach and pull, and so she turned this thing into a song, and I'm just like, I'm just like, that's my daughter right there, you know, and everybody's kind of looking around, who's singing in the pool, you know, and it's one of those rooms where everything just echoes, you know, and so her song is just echoing all over the place, and so then it was time, well, you can't just reach and pull, you got to kick, and so she'd say, okay, I want you to hold on to the rope now, and, and I want you just to kick your legs, okay, and the instructor would just be saying, kick, 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 And so all of a sudden I heard my daughter going, I'm kicking, I'm kicking, I'm kicking, I'm kicking. And so she's now singing the kicking part. And so by the end of the day now, it was time to combine the two, all right? We're going to put the reach and pull and the kicking together. And so the instructor had her by the waist and was walking around the pool. And about, you know, two minutes into it, all of a sudden I hear my daughter going, reach and pull, reach and pull. I'm kicking, I'm kicking, I'm kicking. And then she would start this song all over again. And uh, people were just laughing and watching her and, and all this stuff. And so, you know, she, she took her swimming lessons. Well, I was, I was hanging out in the hot tub one day in the, in the, behind our house. And uh, my daughter had this thing she would like to do. Um, she would like to sit in the lawn chair, and I would come out, and she would count down for me, and I would jump into the pool. She would go, three, three. <laughs> I flunked math. <laughs> three, three, two, one. And then she would yell, jump. And then I would jump off into the pool, and she would laugh and think it was the greatest thing in the world. Well, I'm sitting in the hot tub, and it was a fairly deep hot tub right there connected to our pool. And she comes walking out of the slider with her little swimming suit on, and she's standing by the edge, kind of by the pool in the hot tub. And she looks at me, and she goes, three, 
two. And I'm thinking, wait a second, I'm, 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 already, I'm already in the water, you know? And so now, by the time she gets to one, I realize what's going to happen. She's going to jump, right? And so she goes, three, two, one. And she gets this big smile, and she just, woo, and just jumps into the water. And, you know, lucky enough, she jumped, didn't jump in the pool. She actually jumped in the hot tub, even though the hot tub was significantly over her head as well. And so I did what any good parent or dad, I should say, would do. I, I watched her sink to the bottom because I wanted to know that my money for those swimming lessons paid off, right? The moms would have been like, ah, you know, and, and grabbed her real quick. And like, honey, what are you doing? Me, I just was sitting there chilling. I was like, let's see if this works, you know? I want to know if the money I, I invested is, is you know, going to get a return. And so I watched her sink to the bottom. And honestly, at that moment, don't really know what was going through my head as I watched her sink to the bottom. And I'm just kind of watching her. And here's this little two-year-old body just, just sinking. And, and all of a sudden, I look, and I can see through the water that her eyes are like this. And she's looking at me with those eyes like, Dad, what are you doing? Grab me, you know? I don't remember this in swim class, you know? The swim instructor had my waist. What's going on? Help me, you know? But I just sat there, and I'm just, like, fascinated with the fact that, wow, Look how big her eyes are right now, you know? And she's looking up at me. And, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden I watch her and she's like, she starts to come to the top and I see her little arms going in front of her and I'm like, yes! You know, I felt like I was watching, you know, a football game. I was just like, wow, you know? All of a sudden she's starting to rise to the top and, 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 and she's just, you know, a little bit at a time. And all of a sudden she crests through the water and the minute she crests through the water, I hear, reach I'm kicking, I'm kicking, I'm kicking. I was like, yes. And so I grabbed her and I swung her around, you know. I was just like the proudest dad at that moment. I was like, it paid off. It paid off. It paid off. You know, I learned something at that moment right there as I grabbed my daughter. I realized this, that life is a, a lot like that. That you can get to the other side as you continue to reach and you continue to pull that which is in front of you, behind you, that you will eventually get to the other side, that you'll eventually overcome that mountain, that you'll eventually overcome that obstacle or that thing that has gotten in your way. If you continue to not give up, but you continue to press on and continue to reach and pull and kick through it, you will get to the other side. What happens, though, is this, is that, that we fail to reach and we fail to pull and we fail to kick, and so we just continue to sink to the bottom. But I believe that over the next couple weeks, as you get this message of hope inside of you, that you will begin to learn to reach, and you'll begin to learn to pull, and you'll begin to learn to kick. And as you do that, whether it's a financial difficulty, whether it's difficulty in a relationship or in a marriage, or maybe it's just a feeling of, of, of what's worth living for. You ever come to that place in your life where, man, well, what's, what's life all about? And you don't really have a desire to, to move to the next day. There's just kind of life's mundane and life's routine. And, and I get up and I go to work and, man, I do this. And I'm, I'm just looking for the next move or the next big gig or the next thing. But I just kind of am there and existing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And maybe that's you today. I want you to know some over today and over the next several weeks as you get this message of hope inside of you. And I believe that God is going to encourage you. I believe that he's going to inspire you to believe for something greater for your life, but not just for your life, because we're going to see in just a minute here that it's not just about you having hope, but, but, but we need to bring hope to our culture. We need to bring hope to our society. And the Bible says this, be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies inside of you. Are you with me? But as Christ followers, if we don't have that hope, no one's going to ask us because they don't see anything worth asking about. Hope. The feeling that, that what you want, that you can actually have or you're actually going to obtain it. Man, I'm telling you right now, as Christ followers, we need to learn from this. We need to learn from my daughter. And we need to learn, man, to continue to reach. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if it's your marriage. Just continue to reach. 
Doesn't matter if it's finances, just continue to reach. Doesn't matter if, man, it's a dream that you haven't seen come to fruition yet. You just need to continue to reach, continue to pull, and I I guarantee you. Come on, the Bible says in Romans 5, verse 5, that hope does not disappoint because the love of God has come. Man, when your hope collides with God's love, your dreams begin to materialize. The desires that you have, God begins to bring to fruition. We need, to, we need to encourage ourselves today. Too many, too many of us, man, we, we walk around like with our head down. You ever, you ever, I, see, I have daughters and they're young and so they watch Pooh and Friends, Disney Channel, okay? Now you don't remember? I mean, come on, they've been around forever and they haven't changed. They haven't, they haven't like matured at all. <laughs> I mean, Pooh is still a stuffed little bear. And there's that one character on there, Eeyore. Yeah, see? Yeah, some of you are like Eeyore. <laughs> Oh, today is a bad day. Doesn't matter what it is. It may be the most beautiful day. Oh, it's probably going to get cloudy. You know, you get a pay raise. Well, it's probably not going to last long in this economy. (laughs) You know, are you with me? I mean, our church is pretty young, and there's a lot of single people, and they're looking for the right partner, right life partner, you know? And it's like, I don't know, you know, at some point, beggars can't be choosers, people. Come on. <laughs> I mean, look around. There's plenty of beautiful people in this church right now that are single. Come on, all the single people, raise your hand right now. Okay, now look around. See who's single. Come on. Find one. Get married. We'll do it right now. I'm a pastor. We can do it right here. Well, they're probably not going to like me. Well, if you don't like yourself... <laughs> But see, as Christians, as Christ followers, we need to change this right here. Our confession, our countenance. Because if we're going to be ready to give a reason for the hope, people got to be asking us. But if you're walking around like, man, got to go to church. <laughs> Pastor will probably call me if I don't. First Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17 is, is an interesting story. Uh, what's taking place is this, is that there is, a, there is a famine in the land. And the reason there's a famine in the land is because there's a drought. And the reason there's a drought is because God commanded it through the word of Elijah for there to be a drought. See, what had happened is, is, is the people that used to call upon the name of the Lord have now turned their back on God. They're no longer walking after God. They're no longer walking according to his word or according to the, the, the things that he has set up. And they've literally turned their back and, and now there's false prophets on the scene and people leading people in other directions. And so God looks down and he's not happy about that. What he wants to do is he wants to begin to turn the heart of the people back to himself. You know what? God is so good that he's always trying to turn the hearts of people back to him. Not because he's some, you know, some person up in heaven like you're all dumb if you don't follow me. But he's so good that he wants to do you good. But there's, there's a way you have to turn in order for that to happen and that's to him. And so what he does is he gives humanity every opportunity, every chance to turn their hearts. And so here's God doing that again. And so Elijah says, man, it ain't going to rain except by my word. So now, boom, man, a drought comes. And because of the drought, a famine comes. Here's the cool thing about this story. That in this story, Elijah, the one that caused the drought by his word, he's not outside of it. He's living in the same drought. He's living in the same famine. But what we see, if you read verses 1 through 7 and then 8 on now, is that God continues to provide for Elijah. 
in the first portion of the scripture, God chooses to provide for Elijah this way. He says, go to the brook Kidron. I want you to hang out there, and that's where you're going to get your water. And, oh, I'm going to provide for you. What's going to happen is ravens are going to come and bring you bread and bring you meat every day. That's a little different, okay? But could you imagine? Talk about door service, right? He wakes up in the morning. Here comes the ravens. Drop off his food. He gets to eat. Think about that. That's pretty cool, okay? God provides for Elijah in the middle of the famine, which tells me this, okay? Now, I'm sure that all of you had something to eat today, and if you haven't, you will in just a minute, as soon as I'm done, okay? So you will eat today, okay? And and, and trust, trust me, birds didn't drop off the food today, okay? So if you're wondering, like, oh, gosh, should I eat this? Okay? No, no, no birds. We, we actually washed our hands and we set it up. Okay? But the cool thing is this, is that God provides for Elijah in the middle of this season, in the middle of this drought. Now here's the key. You and I might not be going through a natural drought, a natural famine, but what about those seasons in your life where you just feel dry? What about those seasons in your life where you just don't feel like you're getting the answers you need? What about those seasons in your life that you just don't feel like you're getting the breakthrough? What about those seasons in your life where you're kind of wondering, man, am I ever going to make it through this? Is this ever going to happen? Listen to me. The key is this, is that Elijah was in the will of God. And it's better to be in God's hands in the middle of that season than it is in the hands of anybody else. As we read on in this story, we see this, that here's a woman, and she's trying to manufacture something with her own hands. And Elijah's in the same, in the same, in the same drought, just kicking back, waiting for the ravens. Dude, aren't you going to starve? Aren't you going to go cook something? Nope. Watch this. <laughs> Talk about a cool Vegas show right there, man. Shows up, brings food. Okay? That tells me this, man. It's better. Even if you're in the middle of a drought, even if you're in the middle of a dry season, stay in God's will. Stay in God's hands. Don't try to manufacture something on your own. Don't try to dream up your own decision, your own way, your own thing, and say, I'm I'm doing this over here. No, 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 no. You might be in the same situation as everybody else. The only difference is, is you got God providing for you. Are you with me this morning? That's the best place to be. Here is God, and he's providing for Elijah. The Bible says this in Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And guess what? Everything else is going to pan out. <laughs> See, I believe in the pan theory. What do you believe about this? I believe in the pan theory. What's that? It's all going to pan out in the end. <laughs> it's just gonna, or you just keep trusting God? You keep putting your hope in God, your trust in God? And guess what? It just seems to work, it, work itself out. Seek first Here's Elijah, and he's doing what God told him to do. Okay? Now, now, ravens was kind of a crazy way to provide. But as we read on in the story now, the brook dries up. And Elijah's like, yo, God, brook's gone. Don't have nothing to drink. And God says, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to go to Zarephath. And there I, 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 I've, I've, I've got a widow, and I've, 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 I've talked to her. Actually, it says I've, I've, I've got her prepared. I've prepared her to, to, to feed you. Now, now, here's the crazy thing. The, the birds was crazy. Back in the day... If you were a widow, you were kind of like down here. You were kind of like scraping by, just I, I need something. So the fact that he says go to this city and, and a widow is going to provide for you, the story gets a little bit even crazier, okay? But Elisha stays in the will of God. Okay, God, a widow, let's do this. So he goes, okay? Now here's the crazy thing about the story is God doesn't tell him what the widow looks like. There probably had to be more than one widow in the city, 
just says, hey, there's a widow there. So the Bible says, at the gate of the city. This is the first widow Elijah sees. Doesn't even know if it's the right one. Just a widow. Hey, give me some water. Okay. Maybe this is the one. Okay. Hey, while you're at it, give me some food. This is where it gets a little challenging. The thing that perplexes me about this story is that God tells Elijah, and I don't know who he's, who he's playing the joke on here, if it's Elijah or the widow, okay? Hey, Elijah, go ahead and go to the city. There's a widow there. I've prepared her to provide for you. I wonder if God forgot to tell the widow this. Because we read on the story, she's got a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. She's going to eat it and she's going to die, okay? Now, it says he prepared her for it. Never says that God, see, here's the thing, okay? We would love for it to say this. Elijah, go there. There's a widow there. I've showed up to her in a vision. I've appeared before her, and I've laid out the plan, and I've showed her step by step how it's going to happen, and she is totally prepared and ready and waiting. Matter of fact, it's already cooked. It's already on the table. You just show up. Bam! The feast is going to be waiting for you, okay? That's what we would hope, but it doesn't say that. It just says, we, we, I, I prepared a widow for you. See, when God prepares us, we want it to be step by step. We want, we want a manual. Here's the manual. Open page one. Point one. Point one, point two. Point one, point three. And we want a step by step thing that we can just, you know, walk into our success. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Bam! It's a miracle. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one that would really like that? I would have loved for God to just, you know, I wake up one morning, hey Ben, you're going to plant a church in downtown San Diego. And I wake up and sitting right here on my nightstand, there's a manual when I wake up. Here's what's going to happen. Day one, this is going to happen. On day 137, these people are going to come. This is what they're going to need. This is how you're going to give it to them. Hmm. I would have loved that. Okay? Just, you know. Hey, Ben, when the financial difficulty comes, don't, don't, don't stress out because so-and-so in such a city is going to send you a check for a certain amount, so it doesn't happen that way. How does he prepare us? Romans chapter 5. It talks about suffering. It talks about enduring through the suffering. And if you endure through the suffering, then hope. God prepares us by what we walk through. He doesn't prepare us by showing up and giving us a manual and you're going to have a kid on such and such a date so start saving the money now and you know and you put so much away every day and you'll have enough in the account to pay for the delivery of, of the baby and y- y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. You just got to go through some stuff. And here is the widow. And God says he's prepared her. Elijah shows up. We're going to close right here. Elijah shows up on the scene. The woman's picking up sticks. I don't even know how he knew she was a widow. He's probably like, hey, is she a widow? Yeah. Hey, you! I need some water. If she says yes to that, then I'll ask her for food too. Right? Go prepare. She says this. I would love to make you something, but I have a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil, and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go ahead and, and make a little cake. Don't even have any frosting. <laughs> it's going to be a little cake for me and for my son. We're going to eat it, and then we're going to go stand over here and die. 
Y'all read the same story I did? Okay. When he shows up on the scene, she is picking up sticks. Her whole existence, her whole being, her whole reason for living at that moment is I'm going to do this and my future is death. I'm living for death. I'm living for nothing. I have no tomorrow. I have no day after that. So I'm just going to do this right here, and then I'm going to die. At one moment, she was hopeless. The next moment, she had hope. Before God came into the scene, she was dying. Now that God's on the scene, guess what? Life is going to come. The Bible says this in John chapter 10, 10, that Jesus Christ has come, that you might have life, or that you would have life, and that you might have that life, might have the life more abundantly. Do you know that you and I can have more? Too many of us are just living life, but Jesus says, but you can have that life more abundantly. Here she is. She's hopeless. She's, she, she's, her, or, or we could say this, her hope was in her own ability. Because hope is that I can have what I want. What does she want? Well, she's gathering sticks so she can die. God comes on the scene through Elijah. You know, Elijah's name actually means God is Yahweh. Elijah was a typology of, of Jesus in the Old Testament. He shows up. One minute she's hopeless. The next minute, hope. Listen to me. When you have God on your side, there's hope. And hope does not disappoint because when his love connects with your hope, it doesn't disappoint. It doesn't disappoint. You say, Ben, that, that's great. Great story about a, about a widow picking up sticks. I'm not a widow. I have more than a little flour, more than a little oil, and how does this relate to me today? Let me ask you these questions. Because obviously this has spiritual significance for us today. Let me ask you these questions. What, what dream have you given up on? I, man, I had this dream at one point, but, you know, I, I just... Just swept it under the carpet, it's dead. Had a dream, was going to do this, but you know what? Have you lost hope? Are you putting your hope in the wrong things? Or maybe it's, maybe it's not even a dream, maybe it's just that spark of life. That, that spark inside that, that causes you to believe for something more. Listen to me as a pastor, we've been going for 18 months as a church. Okay? And, and if you ever want to be challenged, go start a business or go start a church. <laughs> you you, you want to know what you can compare it to? Go to Magic Mountain. Get on a roller coaster. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> start a church. Start a business. It's like... <laughs> then sometimes it just comes to a stop. <laughs> the worst is when it breaks down at the top. <laughs> oh, God. 18 months we've been going. You know what keeps me going from one week into the next or one day to the next? Hope. Because I love all of you. Thank you for being here today. But if I thought in five years this is where we're still going to be, dear Jesus, help me. Oh, another first Sunday. You're back for your 332nd one. Free food. Do you need something? We have it. Somebody with me today? If this was it, this was the culmination, I love you. But there's got to be more. There's got to be more people that need Jesus. 
There's got to be more people out there that, that need the message of hope. For some of you that only come on first Sundays, honestly, I'll be honest with you. The reason I continue to do first Sundays is because for some of you, the only Sunday you will come to church is that Sunday. It's going to be honest. And so it encourages me because I know that you're going to be there on that Sunday. And this is the chance that I get to share the love of God with you. But think about all the other friends that might need it as well. Bring them. There's plenty to go around. Share the love of God with them. Do you feel like there is nothing more worth living for? Where are you putting your hope? Where are you putting your hope? Are you confused, desperate, and uncertain about your future? Wow. Confused. Uncertain, desperate. Here's what happens. When you get confused and uncertain about your future, you get desperate. I'm just going to get some sticks. I don't know what's going to I'm going to die. Come on, Eeyore. Okay? Go steal somebody's flower if you have to. <laughs> Just kidding. But if you do, ask for forgiveness later. Okay? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you get confused. Uncertain. I don't, know, I don't know about the future, so I'm just going to get some sticks. What are you going to do with those? I'm not sure yet. Hi, I'm going to build a fire. Got some oil, got some flour, cook it, dead. You're uncertain about your future. Also, it causes you to make desperate decisions. Oh, man, it's financial difficulty, and it's so expensive to live in San Diego. I can't handle it. I'm going to have to move to Montana. Because it's cheap in Montana. We've got tons of woods, forests, and I could just go probably pitch a tent in somebody's backwoods and I wouldn't even own there. You get desperate. Why don't you just cut your cable? I can't live without cable. <laughs> you know? Why don't you stop, stop drinking Starbucks every day? Ah! What? There's two things I live by. My Bible and Starbucks. You know? Once you just cut some of those things out of your routine, you realize, wow, I can actually make it. Okay? Cut back on your shoe budget, ladies. <laughs> you know? If you got to, go pick up some spray paint. Spray paint them a different color every weekend. There you go, you know? Are those new? Yeah, just got them yesterday. <laughs> or just come and check out for Sunday. Get yourself a new pair of shoes, all right? Okay? Stop being so desperate. Why be down, Psalm 42, why be downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. If the Bible says put your hope in God, that tells me this. We might be able to put our hope in something else as well. But when you put your hope in something else, guess what? You get disappointed. But when you put your hope in God, the love of God, when it connects and collides with your hope, it does not disappoint. Why be downcast? Put your hope in God. And there, man. Something, something that begins to happen. Have you stopped putting your hope in God? It's time to get God back into the equation of your life. Because there are answers there, there is fulfillment there, and you not only have life there, you have life more abundantly. How many of you guys want the abundant stuff? Am I the only one? The rest of you, fine, I'll take yours as well. <laughs> I'm going to be abundant abundantly. You'll be like, oh man, how come he has abundant abundantly? Because he didn't want yours. <laughs> Eeyore let me just give you these things real quickly and we'll go eat hmm. points of interest in this passage you are either going to be the one bringing hope or you're going to be the one receiving hope 
Elijah was the one bringing hope to the woman that God had prepared. <laughs> he brings hope to her. She receives the hope. And guess what? Now Elijah gets some food. That's his vicious hope cycle. I give. They have hope. They give me bread. I have food. I'm happy. <laughs> I can go give people. Just whew. You're either the one. Listen. All of us, whether right now or some point in our life, will either be in a position to receive hope or give hope. But the worst place we can ever find ourselves is hopeless. Because when you're hopeless, you don't even see the hope coming your way. And when you're hopeless, you have nothing to give. Be in a position to receive. Be in a position to give. And receive freely and give freely. Number two, whether giving hope or receiving hope, connect with God. This woman had to make a conscious choice. Okay, my way ain't going to work. <laughs> my way, I'm going I'm to get these sticks, and then I'm going to die. So I might as well try it your way. So I'm, I'm going to get God in the equation. Because my way hasn't been working too well. So she connects with God. Elijah, the one giving, connects with God. Okay, God, I'm going to go, and I'm going to find the widow. And hopefully you prepared her. <laughs> Lastly, Continue to go back to the place of hope. Continue to go back to the place of hope. The Bible says that that jar of oil and that, that handful of flour that she had, the hope wasn't in the flour. The hope wasn't in the oil. The hope was in God. But because the hope was in God, the oil and the flour never ran out. And because of that, the Bible says they ate for many days. She could have just stopped like, wow, I made you something and there's still something there. I'm going to still make something for myself and I'm going to die. But she continued to go back to it. And for many days, they continued to eat from that flour. And for why? They continued to go back to the place of hope. See, my daughter, when she was sinking to the bottom of that pool, she could have just reached one. Oh, I got a little higher. Okay, bye-bye now. I'm sinking. See, a lot of us just want to, want to be able to just reach one time. I'm there. Success. It happened. I, I, I reached and I pulled and there I am. But you've got to continue to go back to the place of hope. You've got to continue to exercise the hope. You've got to continue to put your hope in God. And as you continue to put your hope in God, guess what? It collides with his love. And all of a sudden you find yourself on the other side of your circumstance and on the other side of your problem and on the other side of your situation. It doesn't matter where you're at today. It doesn't matter what circumstance seems to be overcoming you. If you do nothing, you will continue to sink. If you do nothing, man, the water will continue to be over you. And the further you drift down, the less clear the vision is. But if you would just get hope inside of you today, if something would spark inside of your spirit, inside of your heart, you could be like my daughter, and you could be singing through life, reach and pull, reach and pull. I'm kicking, I'm kicking, because as I continue to do that, I will get through this as well. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word, God, is so amazing. Do me a favor, just close your eyes for a moment as we conclude.
And I want to ask you this question as you're here on first Sunday, Labor Day weekend. Thank you for coming. But as you sit there right now, I just want you to close your eyes for a minute. Why do I ask you to close your eyes? Because I just want you to internalize this message. At Urban, we always want to give a chance for response. Because it's how you respond to what you hear that will ultimately determine where you get. The Bible says don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word, lest you deceive yourself. As you're internalizing, you're thinking about your life and where you're at. You have to make a decision today. What am I going to do with what I just heard? Am I going to begin to implement what I heard? Maybe there's something about this. Maybe there's something about this hope message. Maybe I should, maybe I should put my hope back in God. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Many people say, well, I don't need to go to church to do that. I, mean, I, can, put, I can put my hope in God wherever I'm at. Sure, you, you can. Absolutely, you can do that. But at some point, you're going to begin to get depleted. And you need to go and get filled up. Why come to church? Because it sparks hope that I could have a greater future for me, for my family, for my friends, for my loved ones. Today, God wants to ignite hope inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you today, you're discouraged. Maybe it's just a simple discouragement. Some of you today, you're here and and you find yourself in a place or a position where I I don't know if I'm going to be able to overcome. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to the other side. God would say to you today, put your hope in me. Why why be downcast? Oh, my soul, put, put your hope. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God.